good afternoon, everyone. Uh, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're just about ready for takeoff now, so, uh... Shit, everybody move now. Go, go, go. Inside, everybody inside. To the stairs, quickly. Everyone head to the roof. The helicopter's waiting there. Go, go. No, no. No, you're lying. That, that's what demons do. They lie to cause men of God to doubt. I'm not telling any lies now, Father. I can feel it in your soul that you know what I say is true. There's so much blood everywhere. Where be the rest of them? I... I can't tell. What is doing this, Mr. Simon? That couldn't have been done by no man, I swear it. I don't know. I don't know. From the minds of true crime guys comes Sandu Stories. Our brand new channel devoted to our previously Patreon-exclusive content, where we'll be bringing you our own version of true crime what-ifs and other audio dramas, one season at a time. Join us wherever you get your podcast. Now, let's get strange. I can feel your fear growing, and your faith dwindling. It's an intoxicating feeling. In January of 2015, two bird watchers came upon a decomposing can near New York's famous Coney Island. Then, throughout the winter of that year, more body parts were popping up around the area. The only clue police had was a severely discolored calf tattoo consisting of seven letters. From what most could tell, the tattoo spelled out the name Monique. But now, eight years later, the identity of the woman has been confirmed, and the search for her killer is underway. I'm your host, Michael, and this is Strange and unexplained. Now because police believed this tattoo said Monique, a search was done throughout the country to try and locate any missing women by that name and whose description matched the remains. But they came up empty-handed. Then for eight years, the remains of 33-year-old Jennifer McAllister stood unclaimed by loved ones in the medical examiner's office, though her family had been searching for her. Jennifer's remains have been found over the course of several weeks in several locations. They had been exposed to the elements for some time and showed signs of animal activity. Her skin was so pale she was listed as white until genetic testing was done, which may have been why her family didn't connect the dots with her disappearance. When her torso was found, they noticed that she had a broken rib that was healing, but how it happened was still too difficult to determine. An IUD and another medical device were found, but unfortunately contained no helpful serial numbers or information. Detectives searched through local hospital records. No luck. The only clue they had to go on for years was the faded and damaged tattoo. Detectives were able to determine that the ink used for the tattoo dated back somewhere in the 1980s, but this only gave them an approximate age. Nonetheless, Brooklyn's medical examiner determined Jennifer to be a victim of homicide. But after that, with each passing year, Jennifer's case just turned colder. 
But a break in the case came earlier this year, when familial DNA was used in hopes of finding Jennifer's remaining family. Using a now prohibited method, which was basically just the police searching ancestry DNA sites at their leisure, instead of it first being approved by lawmakers, the NYPD were able to locate Jennifer's family. They made contact with a sister of Jennifer's, who is indeed named Monique. Monique Bailey was shown a photo of Jennifer's tattoo, and she recognized it as her sister's. But the police had gotten one thing wrong. It didn't say Monique, as they had initially thought, but instead, it was the name of Jennifer's son, Konik. That's with a K. Konik was just 13 when his mother went missing sometime in 2014. Monique, who referred to Jennifer as a doting mom, recalled how it impacted her nephew. She said, quote, She was with her son all the time. She was a very loving and happy person. It's been tough for Konik. It felt like his mother just abandoned him. End quote. Konik was the oldest of Jennifer's children. Her younger son lived with his father. Monique also expressed her frustration with reporting her sister missing, saying that they were told by police that she couldn't be reported immediately because she was an adult who did not suffer from mental illness. Though detectives have chased a number of theories through the years, we are still no closer to knowing what happened to Jennifer. Jennifer McAllister was 33 when she disappeared in 2014. Also around that time, she stopped going to her scheduled doctor appointments. Her family says they have no idea who would want to harm her, and as of now, no motive has been found. At one time, police were pursuing the theory that Jennifer may have been the victim of an out-of-state trucker, as her apartment sat a little more than a mile away from the Belt Parkway, which is a major road system that encircles Brooklyn and Queens. Some have even speculated that she may be a victim of the Long Island serial killer, an unidentified suspected serial killer who is believed to operate in the area of South Shores, Long Island, in New York. The Long Island serial killer is believed to be responsible for between 10 to 17 deaths of women who advertised on Craigslist as sex workers. They are sometimes referred to as the Craigslist killer. Check out our episode on the disappearance of Shannon Gilbert to learn more and see if you think that theory holds any ground. But as far as connecting the cases, there's no concrete evidence to do so. Monique had said that she's glad her DNA profile was able to help police identify her sister giving her family the chance to grieve their lost loved one properly. But she also admits that her family is still struggling with the reality of what happened to Jennifer. She says, I mean, at that point, we didn't know the details, so we were just excited. But once we found out the details, we were devastated. The chief of detectives, James Essig, told the Daily News, who killed her would be a speculation at this point. But anybody who knows her or knows the circumstances of her disappearance, please give us a call. And there is a $12,500 reward. Anyone with information is asked to call Crime Stoppers at 800-577-TIPS. That's 800-577-TIPS. TIPS. Right. So there is the very little that we know, honestly, about Jennifer McAllister. Uh, my wife, Kristen, is joining me here for the post show. Yes. Um, this is another one of those cases that where it was, 
it's almost discouraging to cover it because yeah. there is so little out there. Yes. And there is also another woman by the name of Jennifer McAllister that comes up in a lot of searches. Mm-hmm. Right. So that that kind of muddies the waters a lot. Um, but you know, this case is brutal. Yeah. And when you think about the way that she was killed, I mean, just the way her remains were found mm-hmm. it, alone tells you all you need to know about the person who did this. Yeah. I mean, this this could be a Long Island serial killer case. Done, it could yeah. be. I know she wasn't mm-hmm. a sex worker, but... Or do we know that? Do we know that she, that she wasn't a sex worker? I mean, there's so little on this case. We really don't know. I, I really don't know, but as far as we know right now, no. But okay. it's very possible, too, that because of the amount of coverage that the the, the Long Island serial killer case has a long title... Uh, has gotten recently, you know, like HBO did a special on them. Right. And a whole bunch of people have really brought it to light a lot lately. So maybe he switched it up and he could have just met her randomly. That's what I'm saying. Almost every serial killer that we've ever covered on True Crime Guys has had some one-off case. Mm -hmm. Some case where it was just a convenience kill or, or this person was just, like I say, vulnerable just out of the ordinary, or they just wanted to switch things up because, mm-hmm. like you said, they felt like the heat was, yeah, was uh, was coming up for them. Yeah. So they're like, we got to change something here. Yeah, which do you think is scarier? The fact that it, it it's possible that she was a a Lisk victim, or mm-hmm. that there's just this many people out there cutting up bodies in New York. I mean, it's insane. When I looked into this case, it was just like it was so discouraging. I was like, I'm never going to New York. <laughs> What? The amount of That's every big city, though. I know, but it's just, oh my goodness, you know, because they found so many of them there at the same time. It's just, now they're everywhere. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And it's like... I don't know. You like to think there's only one or two people running around in your area that are capable of such ghoulish crimes. Um, But the reality of it is, you know, some people are willing to do whatever they got to do to get away with something, even if it's a one-off. You know, maybe yeah. it was a crime of passion, yeah, and, and then this person just can't thinking. have her still alive, but because they also want to get away with it. So many, like, possible victims have popped up now that the ones that were actually, you know, there were the the four or five that were found together in Long Island mm-hmm. that the police have actually, I think it's actually up to 10 now, 10 cases that they've connected. And they were all found in that strip of beach mm. where uh, Shanna Gilbert... Oh, yes, I'm... I vaguely remember the Shannon Gilbert okay. episode. It's been a All long time. All those victims, the police have said, are most likely one killer, okay? Mm-hmm. But then there's this whole list of people that um, match the the profile of the victims. They're right. sex workers or something like that, and their bodies were found dismembered in Long Island, like numerous oh. people. And it's like... It's scary to believe that maybe it's just, like you said, other crimes that happen, but people are like, oh, we can cover this up by just cutting up the body. It's just scary that there's that many people willing to cut up <laughs> bodies in New York. I'm like, what the f- If that's the case, what the fuck? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but it's very possible, too, that she could have been murdered by someone that she knew, and then they, that they thought the best way to cover this up was to, to make it look like this because it would put so much attention on it. Yeah. And people would be looking in the wrong direction. Exactly. Exactly. You could go in circles on this. Yeah. Honestly. It's just with no one coming forward and no one saying anything, I just don't know how this gets solved. I mean, they don't have any other concrete evidence. Yeah. They don't have any other DNA. No. Right? No. There's no other DNA. And no. then 
It's just, and then the water just it, destroys everything. I was about to everything. say the marshy areas of Coney Island. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember when we, when, I do remember when we covered the, uh, the Long Island serial killer case, or not the serial killer case, but uh, Shannon Gilbert. Shannon Gilbert. Yeah. Um, the, talking about the marshy area and the way like she could have tried to run away because some people thought maybe she just fell and drowned yeah. in the marsh mm-hmm. um, because we don't know what drugs she was on or if she was incapacitated at the time or whatever. And it is, I mean, it's a tough terrain. Mm-hmm. It's like it's water is like that weird. It's not like you're going to drown if you can't swim. It's not that deep, but it's just the fact, you know, it's a, maybe a foot deep at mm-hmm. some places and then it's marshy and sandy. You really can't tell. The grass grows really high around it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a it's a nasty area, but a great area if you're trying to get rid of bodies. Right. Very active ecosystem. It's not a place. Lots of bugs that are breaking stuff down there. That it's easy to search. Yeah. Yeah. Not easy to search. I'm sure it smells like the beach. <laughs> And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's hard. And the fact it's that windy. it is the beach just makes it worse for, you know, evidence because the salt, the sea, the weather even. Absolutely. Everything. Absolutely. So, yeah, this, like we said, guys, there's just not a lot of information out there on this case of Jennifer McAllister. So we, we apologize for the shorter episode. Um, but at the same time, it needed to be covered. It needs to be covered. Yeah, it really does. It needs the attention out there. Her name needs to get out there. And in this light, because somebody knows something about a crime this gruesome. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just, I just, you just can't let it slide. Like Kristen said, it's hard to believe that there's so many people out here. Right. Just, just cut willing bodies. to just cut it's up like, bodies. It's like, something ain't right here. Something, yeah. something ain't right. But well, guys, that's all we got for you this week. Um, we'll be back next week for a new Strange and Unexplained case. Um, and if you just can't wait, go check out Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast, and you can get early access to all of these episodes on Thursdays instead of Mondays, as well as Sandu Stories and Strange Shorts every single Monday with Andy and myself. Okay, also, go check out True Crime Guys on YouTube, the free platform Strange Shorts we also record in video form. So you can go check out me and Andy on YouTube, goofing off and whatnot, and subscribe while you're there, you know, why not? And also, don't forget to check out our new show, Sandu Stories, which is our new audio theater, audio drama show, complete with voice acting and sound effects and immersive ambient atmospheres. That's what I like to say. Does that sound good? Nice. Yeah, yeah that sounds yeah, fancy. I just made that up. I mean, thanks. <laughs> um, but yeah, guys, go check that out. Like, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, Sandu Stories, please rate and review the show. Reviewed? Reviewed? Yeah, you can review it, I guess. Don't refute it. Um, But review the show, rather. That helps us very much. That helps us get noticed on charts such as Spotify and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and things like that. And it helps the show grow. And we appreciate that very much. All right? That's pretty much it. Baby, anything you want to add? No. No, you're good. Okay. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you next week for a new Strange and Unexplained case. All right. Until then, just keep being strange. Just don't be strangers. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to check out all the other shows on our TCG network, as well as subscribing to our YouTube channel. Starting every Monday with new episodes of Strange and Unexplained, followed every other Tuesday by our audio drama podcast, Sandu Stories. Then, of course, new episodes of True Crime Guys every Wednesday, 
And if that's not enough, head on over to our Patreon, where you can have access to hundreds of hours of exclusive content, including older episodes, strange shorts, the latest edition of Sandu Stories, and of course, higher thoughts. But until next time, guys, keep creeping. You hush your mouth, boy.